pray together. Father, we come to your word. We ask, Lord, that you would speak through me the things that you've laid in my heart to share, but that they would be your words. And Lord, cause us to receive what you have for us today from your word. And we uh, ask that through your Holy Spirit and just opening our heart, our mind, our ears to, to, to receive from you and to, to draw close to you and close together. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are going uh, to First Chronicles, kind of uh, tying in last week, uh, some thoughts that uh, I'd like to share, and uh, it comes out of First Chronicles chapter 16, which was the scripture reading from last week, and I'm just looking specifically this morning, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, I'm starting specifically this morning. <laughs> with verses 23, 4, and 5 of chapter 16 of First Chronicles. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be held in awe above all gods. Notice little g. All gods, all idols. Uh, things that people put as their gods and their idols. God is above everything. He is sovereign over all things. So the focus today is really specifically the, initially this concept, declare his glory to the nations. Uh, it was so awesome last week to have the mission effort shared with us uh, about Guatemala and, and what they were doing there. And this idea of, of taking God's love, his glory, his word, and literally declaring it to the nations. That's what they are doing. And maybe we can't always declare to the nations, in a sense, of the globe ourselves, but we get involved through the missions, being able to do that. And the declare to all the people, though, includes our neighbors, our coworkers, our people that we share with uh, in the sense of sports and recreation, all the areas of our life, this word declare applies for us. So this message isn't just to missionaries, it's to all of us. Uh, you know, and, and to redo this, to declare it requires, if you will, action. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission was, was used last week as their springboard is, you know, why do we go? Because we've been commanded to go uh, make disciples of all the nations. In other words, go to all the world making disciples for Christ, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, to teach them all that Christ has revealed. Another scripture for going, if you will, is, is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus uh, very clearly says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses. The ones, a witness is one who de, you know, testifies to, to the, the something. Okay, You will be my testifiers. You will be my witnesses. And notice where they are in Judea or in Jerusalem to start. In Acts 1.8, the first place they say they're going to be my witnesses is in Jerusalem. And you know, we think we sometimes are in a hostile environment 
for preaching the word. And, and, and today, our high, uh, the only hostility that's really out there is more of this, I want to be careful how I say this, uh, a sense of social political correctness about how you share your faith and this type of thing. It's very clear from, from Peter and John and, 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 and before the Sanhedrin in the very beginning of the book of Acts <laughs> that, that we are called to take the message in spite of the social environment, okay? But, but this picture of, of, of uh, you know, taking the message out is in spite of, you know, I mean, Peter and John stood before the Sanhedrin and they said very clearly, you know, we recognize your authority, Sanhedrin, to direct, you know, and, 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 but we at this point have to honor God first before the things of man. People ask me, when is it okay to, to have uh, active or passive, either way, resistance to what the law of the land says? Well, you notice it didn't say taxes. You know, in fact, Jesus made it clear in a very exorbitant tax environment, pay what goes to Caesar, to Caesar. Pay to God what goes to God. It wasn't uh, a number of other things that it could be. It was, you know, it was simply... Uh, when it comes to God's word in conflict to our faith and, and, and proclaiming the things God has told us to do, we have to stand there first. And so we are called to go, and, and when they were called to go to Jerusalem, think of the environment that they're called to go into. This is just a, a number of weeks after the crucifixion of Christ. Who is this council they're talking to? The same men who surrendered Christ to, to Pilate to be crucified. What did they do? Well, they went back to their group in, in chapter 4. It says they went back and prayed and, and asked God for boldness. And the, the, whole, the, the room shook again, and, and, and there was this outpouring of the Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit again. And what did they do? They went out with boldness and preached the Word in a very, very hostile environment. We're going to spend some time next week looking at the martyr context of, of Christianity, what's going on in the world through the voice of the martyrs in the International Day of Prayer, and, and realizing again that uh, there are places in the world where it, it's putting your life on the line to proclaim your faith in Christ. So really, we have it pretty safe, pretty easy we can still even go to court and defend our right to speak by, by the, 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 the freedom of speech amendment. You know, we're, we're still in a pretty good environment. So if anything, hopefully we should be what? Taking advantage of this. We may not be able to at work put out uh, you know, a cross or uh, whatever and, and on our work walls and, and places. Thing, but nothing can keep us from bullet prayers and nothing can keep us from serving other people in the name of Christ and then when given that opportunity, by the way, when someone in your coworker does ask, you do have the right. And so you see, it's still there for us. And again, our scripture declare, declare, and what is it, you know, we're declaring in a broad sense, declaring his glory to the nations, his marvelous work among all the peoples. Just a second, I've got to switch these. I've got them in backwards order. Normally, that wouldn't bother somebody, but I'm going. <laughs> um, 
So declare his glory to the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. This idea of declare is it's, it's a word that includes the idea to recount the score of the tally sheet. I thought that was an interesting thing. Have you ever kept a, a tally sheet or a, a, a win-loss or a tally sheet of what, you know, I, I, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, ball strikes, you know, all those kinds of things that they do with sports. But what we're looking at is the things that we know God has done. We're to keep an account of that. Did you realize that? Have you ever thought and taken account of the things that God has done that you know for sure about you alone? How about for you and your family? For you and the congregation? The things you know where God has, has, has said yes and say no, and we can see the reasons why. Where he's, and you know, we're to keep, you know, we're to declare. This is, a, you know, we're to, to share the, the, the tally sheet, so to speak. To enumerate, in other words, to enumerate the things God has done. This is the idea to declare. So it's not just to, to, to declare his word, but to talk about what, he, we, what we know he's done. Yes, from his word, but what has he done in our lives? Again, Peter's telling us to be ready to what? Proclaim or share our testimony, to, to, to give an apology, which means a defense about what it is we believe. It's more than just saying, well, the Bible said it, therefore I, I believe it. It's, it that's the, the, how is anybody going to ask if you haven't really personalized it? And when they ask, they're really wanting to know what you. I remember before I became a Christian, the, a number of people, they kept coming. They, they would open the word of God and share it with us. And, and Kathy and I, they'd share it, and, and, and they were so excited about it. I wasn't particularly nice about it, but, you know, but they were so excited about it. But I'll tell you what opened the door, which, and, and of course, you've got to have, we sang the words, God opens our eyes and our ears at just the right time. I believe there's a, a you know, this, this meeting that I had on uh, in, in, in May of 1975 was, was providential in a restaurant on a day that had snowed. I've shared this before with you. Uh, and so the guys that worked the, the buildings, uh, the shops above mine, the stores above mine, and and, and we said, hey, we don't want to shovel the snow. It's going to melt away in a few hours. So we'll just keep the clothes sign up, and we'll go have brunch at the brunch house. And sat down at a table, occupied by one other guy. There was three of us. And he shared his testimony, something that I was intent on not listening to anymore from people. Because they, I, all I got was people talking about Scripture. And I wasn't sold on Scripture. You know, I, I just figured it, it was a, a great set of, of guidelines. But he really believed. And he shared what he believed and how, why? Because not only, you know, his salvation, but what God, he'd seen God do. I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And he said, Matthew Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John believed. That's where I said, oh, yeah, here we go. And he says, no, just read the Gospel of John with, with the open thought that maybe John actually believed what he was writing. Never done that before. Kathy remembers. I came home and told her I sat down at the shop and read the Gospel. You know, uh, it was, yeah, I'm sure it was a surprise to her. Um, and and uh, I, when I read the Gospel of John, I realized, you know, he, he writes with such a passion, he must have believed this. 
And, and so this idea of, sh- of, of sharing your personal life in Christ. And the neat thing about it was he didn't say, oh, one day 16 years ago I heard a sermon and got saved. He was talking about very fresh. <laughs> it wasn't just getting saved. It was lifestyle. And it was so personal. So he enumerated with me the things that God had done in his life. And I don't even remember the question that he asked, but he was ready, as Peter said, because I said, why? And he just, God used him. He didn't have a written sheet. He didn't have, he just shared his faith, his testimony. It is obvious that we're to go to the world both locally, Judea, out beyond our, our local area, which maybe for us would would say Humboldt County, Samaria, and uh, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, but it would be our Humboldt County. Uh, Samaria, maybe <laughs> California, I don't know, the rest of the world. But the idea is, is that we are to go. And when we can't go ourselves, it's very clear that in God's word that we are to help those who do go beyond those areas where we can't go or haven't been called to go yet. And so I was looking at this from just even in First Chronicles 16's point of view, and, and uh, uh, I, I was thinking to do this, we must be, to be a witness for Christ in a, in a day-to-day current way, we need to be walking in, 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 in the Lord, to be walking in the Spirit. And if we're not, you know, if, if you're not a Christian and you go to share about the Lord, and, and, and people do, by the way. I've been in a secular college where in a class, they talked about Christianity. And this particular man was an ordained minister in a Christian group, uh, but he just looked at Christianity as, as Jesus the good teacher and, and the Bible the, the, the good uh, ideology uh, to follow. Along with, oh, there's Buddhists and Hindus and, and the first time I'd ever heard of Zoroastrianists, Zoroastrianism, uh, and, and other groups of, of, of worship. And so uh, it was just one of the groups. He was sharing it. He exposed me. I read some of the word, and, and I had a class called Wisdom Lit, and it included Psalms and Proverbs. Not from a Christian perspective, but just from, hey, these are good things to think about. And it, was, and, and, and it was presented again by a person who had no faith. So, I, you know, somebody declaring Jesus that way, you know, uh, it was more just, oh, see the good man Jesus and, 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 and what he taught. But when you seek, you know, when, when you do this from the Christian perspective, there are some things that need to be happening. Not, uh, initially and is, is to coming to, 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 the, to the Lord. Verse 11 says that we are to uh, seek the Lord and his strength. Verse 11, chapter uh, uh, 16 of 1 Chronicles. We're we're to uh, seek the Lord uh, and his strength. 
to seek his presence uh, continually. And I just thought about, you know, seek the Lord. Initially, I, I want to say that God, I really puts, believe, puts it in your heart. To, there's, a, there's a pivotal point in life, and, and I, I, I kind of look at it as, as kind of like your, your own bottom rung. where you, you And it could be a great uh, having success in everything and come to a bottom rung where you're saying, gosh, is, is that all there is? Or you can be at a bottom rung because of, of, of illness. You can be at a bottom rung because of, of, of crises of different kinds. But I think I, I, I use the bottom rung of the ladder because the other way I say it is everybody has their own gutter. Uh, you know, and that doesn't sound polite. Uh, but the idea is, is that at some point there's this pivotal place where God kind of opens your thoughts towards him. And you realize... I, I don't want to, uh, there is either there's something more to this or I don't want to be the person that I am. I don't, you know, whatever it is. And, and so you, you, you open your mind and say, you know, and, and, then, and then I meet this guy and he says, well, here's the way I did it. I sought out the Lord. Seek the Lord. And that's what we're instructed to do even after we become believers is to do this continually, to seek the Lord. And he promises absolutely in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, and from the, from the very beginning that he opened your heart to seek, if you see him, you will find him, period. It's, it doesn't say if you seek him and everything happens just right in circumstances, you'll find him. Or by coincidence, you, you walk across. No, it's providential. He'll make it happen. I don't care where you are in the globe, <laughs> in the world. If he opens your heart to seek him, he's going to provide finding. He says, ask, it'll be given. He says, knock, it'll be open. Seek, and you will find. What, you know, from the very beginning, what, what, what is found when we really start seeking? Well, it begins with salvation. The hope and the promises of eternal life. There's a relationship that's established. We are, well, we become the family of God. Uh, the Bill Gaithier song, uh, the, the, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. We were in one church that sang that every Sunday at some point. I think it was the, open, was it the opening song of the worship service. But anyway, it was sung every Sunday. And, you know, it was one of those things, I have to confess, after four or five Sundays in a row, I, I kind of thought, I got it, Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know what it was. It was kind of like hearing the song, I love to tell the old, old story, kind of coinciding with it. And it was kind of like, should I ever tire of that song? It's based on the truth of God's word. It's based on the promise of God's word. It's based on the hope that God has given us. I'm a part of the family of God. I am a part of the family of God. God had, I sought him. He opened my heart to seek, and, and he revealed himself to me. I asked, he gave uh, you know, I knocked, he opened, and, and so as a result, I have a relationship. I'm part of the family. I'm a child of God. I think of one guy who said, if God is awesome, we're awesomeites. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I can go that far, but, but in, the, in the eyes of God and looking at us through Christ, we are. Because we're holy through Christ. Because he's poured out his blood, we're washed in his blood. 
So we have this relation. We're children. We're the bride of Christ. Guys, right? So, you know, sorry if you're struggling with that because it's an awesome picture. Uh, you know, something that I, 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 I come to understand when we went through the heaven series, uh, Alcorn's heaven series, that Kathy and I, together are the bride of Christ. We're going to experience that together as the, you know, something that, 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 that unity will transfer from husband and wife this way to together we're the bride of Christ. And it just became awesome to think about. We're also, you know, so we're, we're, to seek, we're, to, we're to seeking for strength, it says here. Okay? Uh, I think the, the bulletin's the right one, Right? Yes, they will soon, you know, they will soar on wings like eagles, Isaiah. I, I, I thought that, that's why I picked out that bulletin was, but those who, are, who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <laughs> those are neat thoughts. And it doesn't mean we're not going to get physically tired. But God will bolster us in the spirit. We will always be ready in the spirit for what he has laid before us. If we're seeking him continually. And that's the other picture of this. Seeking him continually. This is the, the, the key to staying strong in your faith and strong in your relationship with God and with the body of Christ. How do we seek him? Well, here's one of the ways. Uh, verse 9 and verse 23 both say it. To sing praises. We do that in worship together. Uh, to sing praises, songs of his wondrous works. That means the songs of creation. By the way, you can, you can, you can do it by just reading the songs. You're still, in a sense, a form of, of, of singing the songs of David. You know, uh, we, we, you know but just, just singing with the, the, the idea that you know, what God has done, we've, we, there's so much worship music out there. I tell people, when you listen to a song, and I, I you know, I love K-Love, and I, and, I, and I listen to it, and, and I've got my, my uh, cell phone. Uh, my son did it for me. I didn't do it, but he, he got it set up on Pandora. Got it right? Okay. Pandora. And, and uh, you can select the genres of music you want to listen to. And you can say Christian phrase, Christian rock, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lecrae. <laughs> uh, and, and different things. And, and it will just play that music, you know, pick songs from kind of a, a shuffle from just those genres that you put, pick. And so I, I get new songs that I've never heard before all the time. Some of them, I have to tell you, I don't know that they really match Scripture. You know, and, and so it, it's even there as a chance of meditating. Well, this is what God's Word says, and this is what this song says. Hmm, I wonder if they understand. <laughs> you know, I understand the, 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 the enthusiasm that they have for, for loving God, but it's got to be in this confinement right here, His Word. So it's, it's, it's this idea of listening to music, praise songs, um, songs that declare your thankfulness. Uh, verse 8 talks about, you know, giving thanks to God. You know, are, 
can we thank God for everything? It does say thank him in all things, but can you do that? I'm going to suggest to you that you can even against your fleshly will. Meaning, I don't feel like saying thank you, God, because I'm not enjoying this particular moment in my life. Um, But God, I know you are sovereign. You see the end from the beginning, and you've got it fixed. And I rest in that fixed, sovereign picture that you've got. Therefore, I will thank you. An attitude, what was the big thing in the 80s, the bumpers, attitude of gratitude? It tells us then, uh, verse 12 of, 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 of 1 Chronicles 16, to remember his wondrous works. This is where we come to his word you know, and to our own life, but to look at all that he has done. Start with Genesis and creation. And the declaration of all those things about creation over and over and over again, including 1 Chronicles 16, in the sense of nature, declaring who God is. Nature is, is, is uh, giving a, a, an accounting, if you will, of the list of, of God. <laughs> How awesome is he? Romans points it out that we, we, we can see him in it. And, and when it says the trees are praising, the, the seas will roar and all this kind of stuff. I don't know that they're actually going to, you know, the sea's not going to say roar, you know, it's going to foam and make the noise it makes. And I don't know that inanimate objects have the, the, the desire and the, that we have, obviously not. We, you know, we, we, but, but the idea is, is that everything declares and as a, as a result is praising God, even in this fallen world. And if it's this good in its fallen world as we look at it, can you imagine the restored? Heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. So, you know, it's, it's to, to remember his wondrous works. Uh, Psalm uh, 145 that we, was the reading for today, uh, again, kind of goes along with this chapter that we're looking at in, in First Chronicles. Uh, verse 4 of Psalm 145 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare, same word, your mighty acts. This comes up over and over and over again. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, as it proclaims the, the, the God is one, there's only one God. It goes on and talks about the, how we're to, to share uh, with our children, morning, day, noon, you know, walking, sleep, just before you go to sleep, just as you get up, uh, as our children ask, we're to declare, to share with them, to teach them the things that God is, has done, is doing, and why we worship him. Um, Verse 11, they shall speak of the glory, 145, Psalm 145, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power uh, to make known to the children of man. Again, kind of the idea of, 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 of to all of the world, the children of man, your mighty deeds. And the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Uh, just uh, uh, verse eight, you know, uh, just oh, I, that's 
I was just looking at verse 8. I didn't even realize why I started. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. One of the things that I know in my own life as a result can become part of my testimony. I hope you never tire of me doing this. <laughs> but I can't not do it because of what it means to me. I frequently go to Psalm 40. Because I'm thinking to seek, to sing, to remember, to declare all of these things that we've talked about. Psalm 40 became my scripture to turn to. I waited patiently for the Lord. Verse 1 of Psalm 40. That word patiently includes the idea with expectation. It's a whole other sermon that, that I took out of my notes <laughs> because it, there was no way to get through it in, in, in one morning. How expectant are you about what God's going to do? And not just eternally, but that he's going to do now to see you through whatever trial you're in, to, to provide for you whatever it is you need to accomplish his purpose. Do you come expectant to Bible studies? Do you come expectant to reading the word in the morning that God's going to speak to you? Do you come expectant Sunday morning that you're going to enter into his presence collectively together? You know, this idea, expectant, is a big, uh, patiently is, 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 is a big word. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Now, you notice how he waited patiently with a cry? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's almost uh, kind of like an oxymoron. I'm patiently waiting with a cry. You know, uh, you know there, there's this sense of, 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 you know, and then it says he inclined to me. I'm thinking that's a neat word, inclined. I recline. Uh, I've got a recliner. Uh, is there any, you know, it does, it's kind of similar in the sense he, he comes to me. And the idea is that he bows down. He reaches to me. I never looked at that word before, and I've been doing this psalm forever, you know? And I just had never, I, I knew it meant to draw close in some way, and I just settled for that. But it's even more. I, I, I remember seeing a painting in a church where it shows God's hand reaching from the sky and the, the thousands of people's hands up like this. You know, he heard their cry. He hears our cry. He heard David's cry. So he's waiting patiently with a cry, uh, and God's inclined to come to him. And it says, he drew me up out of the pit of destruction, which is, is the, the, the pit of sin. He, draw, he took me out of the miry bog. And the word bog, if, uh, I, I tell everybody always, you know, south of Jetty, tides out, that's a bog. You can go out there, and I don't care what kind of boots you're wearing, you may get deeper than they are. There's vehicles buried out in there. I've heard stories, never seen one, but I've heard stories where people thought they could drive out on there and they, they drove for a while and they let, turn, they let the car sit while they were out there planning or whatever they're doing. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're stuck. If you go to the beach into the water and you get in that sh the shallow part and you go like this with your feet and you start getting the sand and digging a little hole with your feet in the sand and all of a sudden you... You lift and it, 
this is the idea, though. He's in this miry clay bog like this. And I have the picture, the tide's coming in. And he cries out to God expectantly because he knows the God of, uh, in, by faith, he already knows this God of deliverance. And he cries out with a repentant heart. And God bows down to him and pulls him out of the clay. Sets him on the rock. Christ is the rock. And what happens? Set me upon the rock, making my steps secure. When I'm resting in Christ, my path has got a purpose. It's, it's tied together with that. He put a new song in my mouth. And there's all sorts of theology about that, but the new song in my mouth is simply, he renewed my faith. Even though I was expecting him to act, he renewed my faith, and it's fresh, it's new. I, you know, it may be, a, he may have read a, wrote a fresh psalm. That's a possibility, but I'm just saying, it's that idea of just renewal here. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. God and then he says, many will see, first, what? That he's been pulled out of the pit, and secondly, they will fear because it's kind of like, whoa, you know, he, there's something working in his life. Look at God has encircled him in some way and put, uh, and, and put their trust. Uh, it says many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And the idea of see and fear together actually also creates the picture of hear. Yeah, and I'm not sure how that worked together, but it, it, that idea. And, and so, you know, uh, he's, he's going to put it with this new song. He's, he's going to declare through his praises, what God has done. We don't have to sing it. The guy at the table in, in, in the brunch house in, in Paradise in 1975, he did not sing it to me, but he was opening the new song in his heart of even fresh things that God was doing in his life. I don't even know his name. And what we see here in Psalm 40 also is that there's this relationship that is vertical. He, 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 with God, an expectant you know, relationship with God, knowing that he's going to be there. He's going to hear my cry. He is going to act. Maybe not in a way that I think he should, but he's going to act. He's going to do something. He's going to actually incline. He's going to reach down to me. And right into the midst of my circumstances. And he's going to, you know, relieve me. He's going to bring a sense of peace. He's going to see me through. He's going to push, put me back where I belong, on the rock. And it's not a slippery rock like the bog of the clay, the slippery clay. It's solid and secure. So there's this vertical picture, but then... He says, I'm going to put a song in my mouth, and everybody's going to see and, and hear, fear. Okay, and there's a vertical sense. What God has done, I declare to the people. By the way, that's in the Ten Commandments, even. The first uh, four commandments deal with our relationship with God. The, next, uh, the rest of them deal with our relationship with each other. A vertical relationship with God that establishes the way we interact with each other. Look at all of the laws, 600-plus laws in the Old Testament. You'll see a part of that one way or the other in there. 
We're commanded to go, to declare, to witness the glory of God and what he has done and his strength. And, and, and we're to seek him and rest in his strength continually. To sing praises, to give thanks, to remember or, or recount what he has done, both from his scripture as well as for us. And so, finally for today, I'm going to turn around and jump to the, to the end of chapter 16 of, of, of 1 Chronicles. Or not quite the end, but you know, further down quite a bit. Verse 29. Um, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. The word ascribe is, is, is a, a, a word that is, is to give, but with intensity, kind of. Okay, to give with intensity. Bring an Offering, says, and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. By the way, the only reason why we can worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness is because of the holiness of Christ poured out on us by being washed in the blood of Christ. And so we have that, that sense of, of, of uh, you know, giving to the Lord the glory and, and emphasize that is due his name. Eventually, this whole world, Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus, <laughs> when it happens, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Finally, the recognition that is due his name will be absolutely given to him. But right now, we already know, and we're to be giving him all the glory that, that's due his name even now. And again, only, you can only do that through Christ, through the Holy Spirit in us. It says, bring an offering and come before him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. God, I am not my own anymore. I know I belong to you. I've been purchased by your blood. I've been sealed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I know I belong to you. I bring myself to you. And Lord, I hate the ugliness of the world that's in me. Transform. And then it says, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Again, singing the praises, giving thanksgiving, acknowledging who he is. That is the idea of worship. And I'm going to bring that to the, the uh, kind of an obvious conclusion for this. We, we, we can do all of that here at the table, at the communion table, the Lord's table. In thanksgiving, remembering... <laughs> in giving him the glory. And even by the partaking of communion is a sense of declaring who God is. He came in the, in incarnate, in the flesh. And he died on the cross and he purchased my salvation. He purchased our salvation. And I put off to the side of this. You know, it is personal. You know, uh, I'm cautious about saying, you know, Establish the personal relationship with God. But there, there, there is. It's the God who I, I has saved me. So I'd ask the ushers to come forward um, to uh, pass the communion emblems out. Hold them until we've all been served. And we'll share together.
Worship the God of all creation who saved us. The only way that would be possible was through Christ. Before the foundation of the world, the plan of salvation. He'd come in the flesh. And he shared that picture at the supper with the disciples the, the night that he was betrayed. When he took the bread and he says, I'm going to be very paraphrasing this one. This is, this is me. I, I came in the flesh incarnate I've been broken for you and this idea of broken is, is, is not that it, you know by the way you know that none of his bones were broken which fulfills scripture said none of his bones would be broken the men on the other side of them their bones were broken but not his mm. so when we say broken it means broken in the sense of, of humility and, 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 and serving us and all of that 
He said, this is me. I've come in the flesh. So here's the symbol for as often as you do this to remember me. And, he, and, the, and the church in the book of Acts it says as often as they gathered together, they did this. They broke bread together. And so we take the bread and remember Christ. the end of the meal, the cup with the wine there, he took it and he just lifted it up and said, this is my blood. It's poured out to purchase the covenant. Referring to the covenant of grace that would come through the cross. He realized that this blood signifies his blood poured out his death. So that when he said it was finished, it was done. The blood was spilled. Poured out. And he literally died for us. But he said to do this as often as we do until he comes again which is the picture of the resurrection and his second coming, the marriage feast, all of that. We celebrate, we have Thanksgiving, and even that time of coming to him for forgiveness because of all that he has done. We get to come together to this table to worship him in his name. Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us Go with us, Lord. Cause us to, to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. Lord, to, to put into us through your Holy Spirit the ability to, to, to proceed in, in, our, in our witness and our testimony of you day to day. The God of all creation came in the flesh and, and poured out his blood to purchase the covenant of grace. And it's continuous. It's, it's acting in my life today. So we want to be able to declare that. It's acted in my life in the past. We want to declare that. It's acted in, the, in, in our history. We want to be able to declare that. And we know that that is through your Holy Spirit working in us, Lord. Most appropriate, I think, to pray as, as Ephesians directs us, not to be filled with the wine of the world, but to be filled with your Spirit. We worship you. We thank you. Be with us as we gather together and as we go. In Jesus' name.